y'all say, oh, this is Pastor Tanya Uyola, affection known as Pastor Tan. I had a lot going on this week. I mean, for two weeks straight, it has been a lot of rev- revelations, a lot of uh, hidden truths that are becoming more apparent, that are becoming blatant in our faces, satanic worship. I mean, witches, warlocks, I mean, just different things. Um, people are accepting those things into the church. And now the church has become more and more tainted as well as some of the body of Christ. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It has become more and more apparent that we need to separate. We need to be significant. I mean, you have to know through discernment who God is and whom is his flock, his people. And I'm going to be real and realistic with you. I went with my family to a place which is a beach and the peach was very, I mean, it was very nice and it was an island. So that was really kind of um, an experience within its own that we had to drive on into. And within the area that we were driving in, it was all like uh, pretty much had the essence or the remnant of of where the ocean was or supposed to be coming in. And they were saying like, we had to be able to leave at a certain time. If not, when the tide came in, we were stranded right there. And I was so like mesmerized how, you know, I wasn't, and my family wasn't as prepared as we thought we were. We thought we were going to, you know, get to the ocean right away. But if you can honestly see that the tide didn't, you know, was high, high tide is when everything is rushed out. So we were walking in, you know, rocks and um, barnacles, which are the things that are underneath the belly of uh, ships. And you had all these different uh, creations there. And people were, you know, looking for oysters and digging. And, you know, some of them were playing volleyball. Some of them were just enjoying the day with their families also. But it was just the, the way that the ocean had to rescind so far back that mesmerized me is that God had given me a word of being stranded. And I know this is not in my notes, so I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a pretense of what it was. I mean, we're on this island and we're walking out to uh, a different landmark, which is some of these, you know, different islands. And we were able to walk out to them. And we were able to see the different rock formations on the way out. But you can honestly feel like, you know, it was kind of just so cool because I was, you know, kind of like my daughter had said, my oldest was like, mom, it's like, you know, we're walking where Moses was. And I felt like that's that's a really good analogy. And she was saying when, you know, God had Moses to part the Red Sea, the people were able to walk on dry land and they didn't have to worry about uh, getting wet. And we were walking to a certain point. But then when you got to the ocean, because my youngest daughter and I really wanted to be um, near the ocean, I was filming, but they were walking a little bit more uh 
towards it. And I wasn't able to get there as much as they did. They were getting into stumbling blocks. They were having mud in their shoes. It was a lot. But do you understand that so many times we get bogged down with this world, with the economics, the political system, the educational system, the colleges, the universities, the whole entire philosophy, the ideologies. I mean, so many people get bogged down by that, that you become stuck in the mud and you can become stuck in the mud if you don't honestly get and do what God says to do. You'll get stuck in order for you to go to the ocean and go and be free in order for you to dwell. And I just was like, man, I mean, you got to understand that every time that God had been able to build certain things or have certain things to exist is for our benefit. And I know that, you know, a lot of Koreans go and they, you know, vacation, they frequent there and they take their children there and their children have, you know, have the tents with their parents and have all these different setups so that even if the tide came in, they knew where they can set up their tents in order for them to stay over the night and possibly stay there over the weekend. So I was like, just, I felt so unprepared because I've never been to that site before. And at the same time, I was just thinking back about it. It was like God was speaking to me too. Like you need to get ready. You need to get prepared. You don't want to be stranded anywhere. And at the same time, it's like, you know, we get bogged down and we get so frustrated and so like, you know, I have to get this paper. Do I got to wash clothes? I'm, I, I, I need to get the house clean. I, you know, and, and, and go to work and, and, you know, make this type of, you know, financial obligations and all these different things needs to be due. But it was a fact that just for that brief moment, just to walk with my family and just have some laughs and some giggles and then to have this type of, you know, I was not expecting, but, you know, it was like my husband kept telling me they're not mad. It's just a different experience. And I thank God that, you know, he had to teach me that it's okay to not always have a a, a different uh, perspective, a different way of thinking. Like this was something new for us. So, even when we go back, and I really do want to go back to, to the site, that we become prepared, that we come with tents, that we come with food and all these different things that we want to do. And even if it's just for a couple of hours, I was just content being able to be in another part where God had been able to bless and, you know, just bless South Korea so I can see that place. Now, I wanted to let you know that. God was taking me in so many different ways. Because I mean, I could have sat here and I could have did three different ways. But God had led me to 2 Kings and I was the 20th chapter. And it is a famous but profound uh, scriptures or also, you know, just chapter of who God is. Now, I want you to be able to please go with me to... Second Kings, 20th chapter, 
but also make sure you have your paper, your pencil or pen to jot down things that God can give you also in this because we're all learning. And also at the same as that time, we're able to sit here and grasp some things from the word of God, not just for my benefit, but for also your walk in Christ. Amen. Now, I'm going to say this also, too. While I was out there before I start reading and God put it in me that you don't want to be stranded. So many people have made contracts with the enemy. So many people have done so many different things. And you have to realize and recognize and start closing those doors so that you can be able to get unstuck, not stranded, not being in the enemy's camp anymore, but in God's camp. And I want to say that profoundly is that these times and these seasons, God's going to have some things unexpectedly to come up. But also in the body of Christ, we need to get prepared. We need to get prepared with food. We need to get prepared with medical supplies. Everything else drought and so many different things are going to come up. But we have to be able to know who God is and also at the same exact time be able to prepare our children or our family with what God is trying to give to us in this time and this season. Amen. Now, going into the 20th chapter from the King James Version, 2 Kings 20th chapter and the first verse, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos came to him. And said unto him, Thus says the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And God gave me this, the specific instructions of the Lord. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. The specific instructions of the Lord. What do you mean, Pastor? What I'm saying is that God is always giving us guidance, wisdom, understanding, but the instructions are sometimes even verbal or written down so that it benefits us. Whether it is a negative or a positive, God is speaking, so we need to listen. And when he said, thus says the Lord, and the prophet Isaiah is profound, because when he said, thus says the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Do you understand that people are walking dead because they have not declared themselves where they need to be in God? They sit there and they say, oh, I'm a pastor or I'm a prophetess or I'm a teacher, preacher, prophet, you know, evangelist, minister, teach, whoever your title is, but they don't even have, don't even have a relationship with God. It becomes so profound nowadays that you need to know who God is. You need to know who the office of a prophet and a prophetess is. You need to know the office of an evangelist. You need to know the office of pastors, preachers, and teachers. All these apostles, we, we give the enemy so much room because we don't want to do our due diligence in our research. See, we would rather be on the TV. We would rather be on the iPad. We would rather be in Facebook land. We would rather be, you know, TikTok and all these different, you know, websites. And I know that 
certain people and including myself, I have to limit, even my children, I have to limit what they are looking at, what they're seeing, how, how much time they're spending on the phone instead of spending in God's word and trying to be able to let them know who God is. Amen. It's something that you have to understand. There is, there is a part of you that God is sitting there and saying, that's my child. And my child is not, you know, giving me attention, my time. And it says it in the word. He said, don't have no other gods before me. And, and God is a jealous God. And I've learned that, you know, I've seen where people can get jealous over someone else. It is not a pretty thing. You're taking that time, that effort, that, that whole entire being against what they're telling you. Hey, that's my time. That's my moment. That's my, that's my time to be with you. That's my time, the intimate time to just know and spend time with you. And that's what God is requiring. And then at the same exact time, while you're listening to what God has said through the prophet Isaiah, that you need to set your house in order. He's already given him instructions. I mean, necessary down to the T instructions of what he needs to be doing. Now, I can sit there and say, look, let me go ahead and say, God, can we be able to also sit there and say, can we also sit there and say, didn't God give you instructions when you first started and still continually to give you instructions, but you don't want to listen? Oh, y'all don't hear me though. See, God is giving us instructions while I'm speaking to you. And yet he's giving you instructions way before my voice even hit these airwaves, way before God even gave me the voice and the, and the talent and the, and the charisma and the understanding that this is what God wants us to have. It's not about the emotional part, but it's about us sitting there and honestly having a conversation with God and saying, what do you need for me to do? See, you say you've given me all this life. You've given me children. You've given me a husband. You've given me a house and car. But what do you need me to do, God? This is my purpose. This is my plan for my life. But do I need to seek you first? And yes, absolutely. You need to seek him first. You, you need to sit there and honestly sit there and have a conversation with God because God is one of those beings that need to be able to sit there. And you need to be able to say, God, I, I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if I should marry this person. I don't know if I should go to school. I, I don't, I don't know. So please, God, I'm asking you to come in and talk to me and sit down with me because I need you to come and see about me. I have decisions that I need to make and I need to make them with you. And I'm not talking about with my parents or with my husband. I'm not with my children. I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to see. What I'm trying to see is, can I see you? Can I talk to you? Can I, can I be able to have fellowship with you? Because you made me, you knew me when you formed me in my mother's womb, you know. So what am I supposed to do? Now, I can sit there and I can speculate, you know, how King Hezekiah, I mean, as a human being, for God to say that you need to set your affairs in order through prophet Isaiah, you're going to die. You're not going to live. 
That's got to shake you in your whole entire being. I have to get prepared to die. Now give yourself a few minutes to marinate in that. I don't have no other choice. I cannot sit here and I cannot, you know, bargain. I, I, I can't even sit here with all the wealth and pay someone off. Come on now. I can't even sit there and say, you know what? I, 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 I can't, you know, sit there and renege and, and say, well, God, you know what? You know, I, I've been faithful here and I've been faithful there. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. You can't even. Because as a human being, you're, I don't know about you. But when God gave him those specific instructions, it had to shake him to his very core. It had to resonate in you because you knew you weren't prepared and ready to to go and meet him. I mean, that's got to be jaw dropping. I mean, heart aching. I mean, marinating. In so many different ways. It had to be gut riching. I mean, it had to be like, I'm going to die to soon. So I got to be able to sit there and see who's going to be king, who's going to be this and that. I'm not going to be even available nor ready nor, nor be able to see my next offspring. I don't know about you. But that will shake me to my core because I want to be able to live. I want to be able to have a chance, even if I've done things wrong, I want to be able to repent and know I can still get up in the morning and God will still wake me up. Y'all don't hear me though. I mean, I don't know about you, but this, this will wake me up. Verse two, then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord saying, now, wait, now stop. Do you see this man, King Hezekiah was in royalty. He had from top to head to the feet. He had his crown on. He had all his you know, riches, nice clothes, all of that. And don't you know all of that, all of that status, all of that, all of that that he had, he was able to give it off. He 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 pretty much put it off and said, you know what? I'm going to sit here. Immediately he knew he had to go and talk to God. Why is it we take our time to talk to God? Why is it that we go and we sit there and we say, wait a minute, we gonna rationalize, well, this, you know, this ain't from God. This ain't, you know, I shouldn't have, no, no, you see, you you want to be that petty. See, I understand that we want to sit there and think we're bigger than God, but we are the creation, not the creator. Take your butt to God. Let me say that one more time for me. I don't care what people think. If you know your life is at stake, you're going to go straight to him. You're going to sit there and you're going to make sure you get in contact with God immediately. 
See, there is a life and death situation going on right now in the United States and around the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't care if people sit there and say, well, your tone should be. No, my tone is immediate because this is something immediate that we need to discuss. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Y'all want to sit here and get comfortable. You can't get comfortable in chaos. I'd rather be in the chaos than to be comfortable and be sleep and rock to hell when I get up. Let me see. Oh, y'all don't, y'all don't hear me though. See, there is a calling on our lives, specifically of what God is giving you, a purpose that God is giving you. Whether it is to be a deacon or someone to be able to wash clothes, God in God's house, that's what you're supposed to do. Now, I'm going to say it like I mean it. King Hezekiah knew the cost and he knew immediately what he needed to do. He turned his face toward the wall and started talking to God. There's plenty of times where I had to sit there. Whether I am in a car, whether I'm at home, whether I'm at at my job, whether I am somewhere in the vicinity and God, immediately I get a call and I sit there and they say, this is the situation. I need you to pray. And immediately I had to start praying. I don't care who's around me. I don't care what's going on. Immediately I had to start praying. When are we going to get to that point? When are we going to get to that point? When are we going to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to do what God says do no matter what. Vocal or non-vocal. Sometimes I'm praying in the spirit and sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm just humming. And sometimes I'm crying. And sometimes I'm in the house by myself and I'm cleaning my house, but I'm sitting here and I'm talking to God. Sometimes yelling, sometimes screaming, but it's always I'm talking to him. Look, it's to the point now, it's for God I live and for God I die. It's just that critical. And what I found out is that every time that you go into the hospital, they put on a cold blue, which means that it is critical that person needs to have immediate, immediate access to a doctor. Whatever the physician's profession is, that's immediate. It was a cold blue for King Hezekiah. It was a cold blue for us. Because every time we read the word of God, we should get something out of it that's going to benefit us. Whether it was a negative effect or a positive effect, it should benefit us. Why, Pastor, you say that? It's because we need to know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. What, what we saw, the ignorance of the Israelites, and then we saw the obedience of just a few people. See, obedience is better than sacrifice. And then y'all sit up here and you don't want to be obedient. And then rebellion comes in and witchcraft comes in. And then you know what? You in trouble. Oh, pastor, you just, no, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you are obedient, you can eat the good of the land. 
When you're doing what God says do, you can do everything that he says for you to do. You are doing everything and God rewards you for that. God, God puts a stamp of approval on you for that. But when you're rebellious, that's a witchcraft. That means that you're not doing what God says do and God will take you out. Man, Pastor, you just know, let me tell you something. Within my voice, I'm passionate about what I say in this one. I am not going to sit here and deviate from what you are saying into what God is telling me to tell you. It's, it's heart-wrenching when God puts the brakes on me. He, I mean, he pumps the brakes and then he slaps me in broad daylight. I don't know about you, that's figuratively. God slaps me in broad daylight and say, you cannot do this. You cannot say this. You can't. No, no. I'm going to tell you that you need to go this way. I need you to go here. I need you to go there. And nine times out of 10, I haven't been these places before, but God lets me see. God lets me see. And then at the same as that time, when God put us on that island, we had so many different people we saw. And we saw a group of older people. They're like 77 years old and up. And a lot of them were going to have been in elementary school. They'd taken trips all throughout this time, even after elementary school together. And I and me and my daughter and, you know, all of us was like, that is so cool to have had that life with all of these people and take just trips with each other and, and to complete that part of you. And you know that they have a close bond and, and a whole lot more because they were accepting of us and they were able to sit there and speak English. And then also the same exact time we could speak Hangul to them. But it was the fact that, do you understand that when you have that closeness with someone, you can sit there and tell them your heart and it won't take away the whole entire sweetness of who you are. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. You can talk to God and no one else can be able to record it, annotate it. Well, God does, but no other human being can be able to duplicate the whole entire conversation that you have with him because it becomes an intimate time with him. Man, Pastor, that's deep. But it's something we need. I need to do that. I need to have a cleansing. I need to be able to sit there and say, God, come and see about me. Or God, can I talk to you for a few minutes because X, Y, and Z did this? Or, or I'm feeling this type of way, God, and I'm trying to be able to get rid of it. How do I do that? And I know that certain people can sit there and say, wait a minute, that's way off topic. No, it's on topic because King Hezekiah in verse two, he sat there and he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord saying, verse three, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee and truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah weeps sore, 
Don't you know God remembers what who you are, whom you are, your conduct, but at the same exact time, it's still the human nature within us to sit there and honestly just come to terms. Hey, I'm going to die. That's got to be hard. That's, I mean, marinate in that for a few minutes. If God sat there and said, you're going to die, get your affairs in order. You're not going to live. Wouldn't you have that type of like moment? Like, whoa, God, like, okay, wow. And I mean, you're going to be in shock and in awe, but also at the same exact time, you are like, I want to live. I want to do more. I want to have more time. Don't you know all those people that have already died? That was not in Christ. Don't you think they thought the same thing? They have more time to live, more time to do, more time to be, more time to trust. And even the ones that had died in Christ, don't you think they have the same mindset? Man, Pastor, no, I'm going deeper into what I'm trying to make you think. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. None of us. So choose today who you want to serve. Whether it be God or man, we need to choose. But I want to be like Joshua. I, I want my household to speak volumes of God. I want my household. To know who God is, I want my generations, after I have been able to live and have to go be with God and rest in God, I want them all to know who God is. I don't want just some, oh, I was living. No, I want my purpose and my life to count. I want my life. I want my purpose. And fulfillment in God to count. Now, to go back. Verse 4. And it came to pass alone. Excuse me. And it came to pass afore Isaiah had gone out unto the middle court. And that the word of the Lord came to him saying. See, it didn't take God that long. It may have seemed long for King Hezekiah, but it didn't take that long because he was in the middle court, Isaiah. When he went and he told King Hezekiah what he had to be able to do, he was walking. But do you understand that God is still walking with you? Let me say that one more time for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I don't care what nobody says. God was still walking. And God was still marinating on what King Hezekiah has said. See, there is a certain thing that when you talk to God, God can be able to lengthen your days and he can shorten your days. But I'm telling you, it's something about just having fellowship with him. 
It's just something about being in his presence that no other man can be able to satisfy. Nobody else, not children, not a man or a woman, nobody can satisfy but with him. So as the prophet Isaiah was walking into the middle court, he was about to speak, which was God. I love how he says this. It didn't take him that long, but do you understand? We have to be able to be aware of what we've been doing and to immediately, genuinely ask for forgiveness. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. And it says in verse five, turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. Now, I love how God is very specific. And he said, turn again. That means go back. Go back. And tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Do you understand that Hezekiah is the over his people, over his whole? The reason why the Israelites wanted a king in the first place, a man made king instead of God, is because they want to be like everybody else. But don't you understand that the United States, as well as Israel, is not like everybody else. We are founded on the principles of God, and it's just like the Israelites, and we cannot be like everybody else. Let me say it one more time for people to back. We have a covenant. We have establishment with God. We, we can't be like everybody else. It, it it it's just it's not psychologically overly understood that we can't be like that. We we cannot be like everybody else because God designated us to be so much different. Do you understand that God is on our money? He's in our constitution. He's supposed to be also in our judiciary, he's supposed to be in all of our branches, but also at the same exact time, he's the firm foundation for the United States of America. Let me say I'm one time for the people in the back. Everybody can say that. Only Israel can say that. Everybody can say that. Everybody can sit there and fundamentally tell me that you have been homegrown into understanding that prayer, that fasting, that meditation, that word of God, that, that understanding that you need to have a, a physical relation with God is more important than what you've been doing right now. See, I've seen where people are starting to realize that the demonic is starting to wake up. See, that's the thing is that it's been up. See, it's becoming more bolder. It's it's more of the dialect. It's in it's in the language of people and how they're able to translate those things and try to take over the children. Take over how, you know, women and men are being viewed and how our children are being greeted and breeded. I said it. How our children are being raised, but to them, they're just a breed. Let me say it one more time to people that I don't care. See, people need to understand that we as 
Christians should be speaking out. We should be sitting there and saying what we're saying because this is coming to a point where God is telling you that you need to repent. Turn from your wicked ways. And if we, excuse me, and if we cannot be like King Hezekiah and come to our senses, then woe is us. Woe is us. And I'm saying that as a Christian and for the people that are not saved, you need to get in a relationship with God for yourself. God is the main source for life. The enemy has so many people doing things that is immoral to their bodies, even to their souls, even having them to kill their family members and sacrifice their children. There's becoming a whole lot more coming up for this great nation and around the world. We are getting to that point. There is going to be a heavy divide. It is God. I live off of God. I die. And also the enemy wants to sit here and he's going to be able to sit there and draw the line. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Do you know who you are in God? Because King Hezekiah was a rich man. He was a king. And even this king knew where his help came from. Let me say it one more time for people that are like, hold on, hold on, saints of the most high. Hold on. Do what God says do. I'm not talking about, well, pastor, I'm just going to know. Do not be weary in well-doing. You know what's right. Speak up about it. But, you know, th- No. When you compromise, that's letting the enemy come in. God said, I want you to be either hot or cold, but not lukewarm. For I will spill you out of my mouth. He wants you hot for the word or are you not for the word? Not in the middle. Not one day, oh, this is right. And then the next day, oh, that's right. Mm-mm. Oh, that's wrong. No, no, no. You have to be either hot or cold. Don't be in the middle. You you can't sit by the sidelines anymore. Let me say that one more time for people back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We we can't sit by and idly think it's okay and it's all right not to say something. It's okay and it's not, not right for you to see something and don't say anything or don't go up against it. Well, that's none of my, oh, it's none of your business, but it's about to be your business because do you understand it's coming to you? It's going to come to your household. It's going to affect your finances. It's going to affect your children. It's going to affect you so much that you are going to either sit there and fold or you're going to sit there and say, you know what? I have to trust in God. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. Do you understand? That when King Hezekiah was presenting these specific instructions, he could have sat there and said, okay, I'm just going to get my affairs in order because I know I'm about to die. Instead, he was like, you know what? I want to live. Now can I be able to scope? And I'm immediately going to talk to God. 
Immediately, I'm going to go and see about the situation. Immediately, I'm going to plead my case to him because he's the one that's been able to create me. Do you know there's so many people that have professed to be something they're not? They're professing to be, you know, all these different type of animals, all these type of different things. And don't you know, they don't know their purpose in God. Do you understand that the church, us, has been so tainted and so mean and so defiled that we don't even give people love anymore? affection anymore we don't even care we just come to church let me say that one more time the ones that are in church that sit up there and not do what god says do but you wrap up in your own entire little world on a sunday and you thinking it's all right and it's okay to be like that that religiosity spirit let me say that one more time people back you are so religious. You are so pompous. You, you think you know everything. But God said pride comes before a fall. Do you understand? Love on them because guess what? Just because their sin is out in the open, it doesn't mean that God won't forgive them. Now, God forgave you and you are out there in the world. God forgave you and you were out there sinning in the club doing whatever you want to do, popping pills, whatever you want. God forgave you. You need to be able to sit there and say, you know what? Correct them in love, but also at the same exact time, let them know this is who God is. And they'll be specifically, they'll sit there and say, oh, don't judge me. But then at the same exact time, they need to know we have to be able to have discernment and do a righteous judgment because guess what? The enemy is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then sometimes the enemy will dress like he is sheep in wolf's He will be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes we need to start realizing that God is honestly sitting there and telling you, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen if you're out there too long. You need to come home. You need to go ahead and repent of your sins and come home and be with me. But we think it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right if I stay out here. You know what? You stay out in the world that long. You're going to form a reprobated mind. You're not going to want to know what's right. Because now a lot of people are calling right, wrong, and wrong, right. A lot of people are sitting here and they're sacrificing their children. They're killing and they're, they're beating and they're doing all of these different activities. But yet and still, so many people don't want to trust in God. Wait a minute, Pastor. We were talking about King Hezekiah. Exactly right. But all of this ties into how King Hezekiah was trusting God from the from, from the chump. Even when he got bad news about his death, he still sat there and said, you know what? I know that the judgment lies with God. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to plead my case to him directly. 
Have you been able to do that? Have you been able to boldly go before the throne of grace and sit there and say, God, this is my situation. This is my ailment. God, help me. I know that I am not going to live another day without you. Y'all keep thinking. Keep praying. Keep, keep doing what God says do. But I'm telling you, it's going to get to a point where God is going to sit there and let you go and do what you're going to do in your sin. And it's called a reprobated mind. And God will cause us that are still living and still, still doing what God says do to stop praying. And in those moments, I feel so hard for the people of God and for some of the people that are out in the world that say they are not of God. See, the ones that are living for God and doing it right for God, we're going to prosper, we're going to live. But the ones that say they profess to be of God but not live in the way that God wants us to live, it's a whole lot of woes coming. It's a whole lot of you will get your affairs in order because you are going to be immediately there is death and you will not live. Man, past, I'm just telling you, it's hard to see and hear when people don't see and hear it. And then at the same exact time, God talks to me. Just like he talks to you, he talks to me. But also at the same exact time, when I hear it, it grieves me because you had time. We all had time. We, we got the warning and we didn't heed it. And now do you see what our United States, do you see Africa? Do you see Brazil? Do you see all these different countries, all these different nationalities, religions, all these different places are getting so much chaos because they did not want to listen to what God was telling them in the first place. You're letting the enemy come in and stay with you. And I'm sorry, I can't stay with the enemy. And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't. But we are letting people, places, things, and people saying things over us, provoke us and make us feel as though we're nothing. And God is like, no, absolutely not. You are my child and I believe that you are the most beautiful, wonderfully made individual. And I'm just paraphrasing. But you need to understand God is calling in this time and this age. God is calling and we need to answer him. And we need to solidify who God is. And we need to, because you never know when there is death coming for you. You never know what God has for you. You will never know what the enemy is trying to be able to take you out prematurely because you're not doing what God says to do. Y'all don't hear me though. You never know. Now let's go, go ahead and go down. And I know that's a lot, but that's not even in my notes. That's just coming from off where God has me. And it says in the sixth verse, and I will add unto thy days 15 years 
and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hands of the king of Assyria. And I will defeat, I will defend this city, excuse me, for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now, what he was saying in 15 years, that's awesome. What God, what they were saying is that at the time, king of Assyria was coming up against the children of Israel. And also at the same exact time, David was his forefather. So pretty much David had the heart of God. I mean, him and God, even when David sinned, God still had a love and, and affection for David. So because of that, do you understand Hezekiah was blessed because he was trying to do what God says to do. And that's a direct reflection on what King David did. Now, verse seven, and Isaiah said, take a lump of figs and I, and they took and laid it on the boil and he recovered. And I was thinking about the boil. And I was like, you know how the boil can be huge and I mean big and I can call cancer that 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 can just, you know, rectify the whole entire body that can honestly take you out. And I thought about also too. I thought about another king and I thought about how this king, because my mind was mistaken, but I remember now it was King Nebuchadnezzar. And he did so much that was wrong inside the Lord that King Nebuchadnezzar had to be able to be turned over as like a beast in the field. And I was like, man, I'm going to get into that later. But I just want to let you know. It became apparent that you can't sit there and challenge God. And you are the creation and he's the creator. Have you noticed so many people sit here and mock God and they are no longer living? They have some situations going on with them or they have in some of the celebrities when they mock God. Do you understand that their friends that were saved would sit there and I said, hey, you can't do that. And this celebrity personnel sat there and said, I'm praying for you, but you can't do that. And because this person went on a trip, I mean, it went from word bad to worse for this person. And he had to come back and say, I'm sorry to him and to God. Because you don't understand, you, you get in your head that you are so big, and yet and still you're not. You cannot go toe to toe and blow to blow with God. Who can, I mean, your hands can, I mean, your arms and your hands can't even get that far. You have no clout. You have no representation. <laughs> you have nothing. I mean, think about it. Remember when you used to uh, get into one fight? Okay, let's, let's, let's just, let's put it out there. You, you were trying to get into a fight, but then you were what, maybe two or three years old and the other person was maybe four or five years old. And while you're trying to sit up here and learn how to fight, the other person already knew how to fight. So they, you know, took you down, sometimes put something in your hair, 
maybe um may 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 maybe had you on the ground, punched you a little bit, or all this other stuff, and you go home crying, got bruises and all this other stuff because you didn't know how to fight. But do you understand that when you are in this word of God, that you're talking with God, that you have fellowship with God, that you're praying with him, fasting with him, meditating on the word of God. Don't you know that you're building up you? You're going from two to three. Now you're going into your older ages and the enemy can't beat you up anymore. (laughs) That's what the word of God is teaching us. It's not teaching us just to be, you know, you know, just gentle as doves. No, we got to be wise as serpents. We ain't no pushover. We're not a punk. God is saying, you know, I'm forming, he formed my hands to war. And that's within the spirit. And my, my whole entire thing is that we're not battling against a person. We're battling into spiritual realms. We, we're going against demons. We're going against Satan. We're going against ourselves, our, our sinful natures on a daily basis. I got to, I got to kill myself figuratively every day. Every day I want to say something that ain't right or that is not of God. I got to kill myself. Every idea that is not of God, I got to sit there saying, nope, I can't do that. Man, Pastor, what you you were going into? Can't, but I'm telling you, this is something that we as human beings need to do. We need to do it. Because at the same exact time, do you understand that through it all, Hezekiah had to dismiss his thoughts. He had to dismiss his way of thinking and do it God's way. That's why he said, he said, I was able to look into me, God. Look, paraphrasing, look at me, God. I, in my heart of heart, I did the way you need me to. I wanted to be faithful with you. I wanted, I stayed faithful because you were faithful to me, and I didn't want to go nowhere else. That's just paraphrasing. Now, I'm not taking away from what God. He said it. He said, "Look, let me go back." He said, "Look." While he was, he said, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. And I have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. I would too. He said, I'm going to die. And I got no way of changing that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in that state in a few and I got to get my, my affairs in order. These are specific instructions. Now he, now we're starting to see that prophet Isaiah sat there and said, you know what? God came back while he was in the middle court and said, go back again, turn back again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day that thou shalt go up upon unto, excuse me, to go up unto the house of the Lord. And then on top of that, Verse six, and I will add unto thee 15 dead years and I will deliver thee 
and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defeat this city. Excuse me. I'm getting happy. I will defend this city for my own sake and for thy servant David's sake. Man, I'm just saying. Verse 8. Let's go back to verse 7. And they took a lump of figs. And they they and they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Verse eight, and Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, "What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up unto the house of the Lord the third day?" And verse nine, and Isaiah said, "This sign shalt thou be of the Lord that the Lord will do." The thing that he has spoken yet, excuse me, shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? Verse 10 and Hezekiah answered, it is a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backwards 10 degrees. Do you understand? And I love how. God lets a little bit of math and a little bit of science into this. Now, when he was talking is that Hezekiah, because of his sickness, he hasn't been able to go in the presence of the Lord. He hasn't been able to go into the temple. And usually if you're sick or even women, you know, during that time, if you're having menstrual or you had to be able to wait. And, and cleanse yourself, and then you can be able to go into the holies of holies. And at that time, the holies of holies was only for the priest. But that was the inner. But you can be able to go in and talk to the priest in order for him to go into the holies of holies, which where, where God was, um, that was behind a veil. And I like how he was able to sit there and tell King Hezekiah, what is the sign? And Isaiah said, you know, this sign, you know, and he was talking to him. And because of how God was, don't you know, he could sit there and say, well, shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered, it was a it was, it's a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. Come on now. Nay, but let the shadow return back 10 degrees. That's like the sun going back. And I like how God let the sun stand still for Joshua to finish his battle. And I thought, man, if that is a light thing to God, how so much is it for the way he cares for about me, about you. Y'all don't hear me though. I mean, I had to pause just for a few moments because when Hezekiah said this, and then verse 11, and Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards, for which had gone down in the dial of Isaiah. Y'all, for God to have the sun, to have the shadow to go back 10 degrees, I mean, forward, no problem. But to go back, 
Man, I, mm. mathematically, we are on a rotation. And God, as it were, we have a slight tilt. So we have, you know, the ozone, we have all of that mathematical. And also, you know, at the same time, God is letting us rotate. That's why we have a little bit of night here. And then you have sun over there in a different hemisphere. But when he said to let it rotate back 10 degrees, that means God let it tick, 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 tick back to 10 degrees in order for him just to show him that he was healed and he was healed supernaturally. Y'all don't, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me though. God does supernatural where a doctor, a physician, all nurses, all that mess and stuff, God does it miraculously. And we have this tendency to just overlook it. No, not me. That's God. I don't care what nobody say. That's God. And even if you're a doctor and you know who God is, you can honestly sit there. That is a miracle from God. I don't care if the person is saved or not. I can honestly sit there and say, it is a miracle. I cannot have done this. Mm. Not, no man could physically be able to fix this. My diagnosis, it has to be God. It has to be the higher power. And he's the only one that can think, oh, y'all, y'all. My soul is happy. My soul is happy. Because if God can do that for Hezekiah, what more can he do for me? I'm talking about little old me. I don't know. Put yourself in it. What can he do for you that is not? What is so hard for God? There is nothing hard for God. To achieve, accomplish. There is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing, absolutely nunca, that God cannot be able to perform, not be able to have it supernaturally done. There is nothing too hard for God. So I don't care what people say. Don't put God in a box because he does not. God is so powerful. Every time that I look in the stars, that I look at the constellation, that I look, all these different things go, that's God. And even when I went just on that trip for one day, I can honestly see him in his footprint of everything he's done. And I feel like, God, I thank you because you let me see your handiwork. In the land of the living. And I mean, I have these discussions in my heart and in my mind, like, wait a minute, God, did you just, I know you probably came here and said, that's beautiful, but let me work it over here. Let me, let me go do this and that. And then at the same exact time, I see how God has oceans of different colors and they are split and there were never, they only meet, but they don't mingle. Y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't hear me. 
And I mean, you have all these different creatures and all these different, you know, tailor-made things that only existed at one, one island, but then God put something else here. And then some of them can travel and some of them migrate, but then God sits there and he gives them innate buildings and how they think and process it. Then at the same exact time, he gives us us. And and he's like, wait a minute, that's my that's my handiwork. I, I get to see all of that. But then he creates us. I mean, we're the most magnificent form being of who God is, the human race. And I wish that people would stop doubting God's ordained scientific love of mankind. What do you mean, Bastard? You need to stop doubting who God is. God made us the humans. We are. And there should be nobody else that can be able to captivate us like he does. Don't let any AI, artificial intelligence, all that stuff. No, God is the one true God. And we're going to get into that later. But I'm going to say it like I mean it. Go with God. Do what God tells you to do. Be blessed like Hezekiah. I mean, later on, yes, it's the foolish stuff he does. And yes, you know, things go wrong for Hezekiah. But in this moment, Hezekiah and God has a special degree of a moment that they share. And I wanted to bring that out to you. And I know that God, I had to bring it out to you because I know that God wanted me to bring it out because I was like, wait a minute, I could have been in Daniel. I could have been here. But God said, no, I want you in Second Kings, the 20th chapter. Just to let them know that obedience pays off. Obedience pays off so much so that he was able to get 15 years. 15. God didn't have to do that, but he did and gave him the remedy to the world that was on him so that he doesn't have to live in misery. He was able to be healed supernaturally. And on top of that, he gave them a sign of his healing. And I mean, God, he tops it up. I mean, he go extra. His, for his people. Let me say that one more time. God does extra for us. And, and we don't even sit there and we don't, I'm honestly, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His mercy endure forever. His mercy endure forever. We need to give him thanks to God. His mercy endure forever. And, and no one can be able Nobody. Every day we get up, I say, thank you, Lord, for one more day. I say, thank you, Jesus, for blessing us. I say, I say thank you, Lord, for, for healing us and delivering us from all of our woes. Because do you understand? I remember when. And I don't care what nobody says. You should have a time when you have to remember when. 
and 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 let God remember. God, I remember when you remember when we used to be over here, and it was just me and you eating ramen noodles. When it was just me and my family, when we had to do Chef Boy RD, and and it was on food stamps, and people think we were lying, and all this stuff. You gotta have one of those remember wins. But y'all don't hear me though. Go to Romans ten and nine and ten. That if thou shalt confess with thine mouth, my mouth. Excuse me, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And it says also, verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich until all that can come that can call upon him. And 13th verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We need to call on God more now more than ever. It ain't no, oh, you know, no, he is not your, just your friend on the weekend. He is more than that. He is my heavenly father. He is El Rapha. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let me be specific. Let me let you know who God is. He is the El Shaddai Elohim. Oh my God. He is the one that is the Alpha and the Omega. And we need to honestly go before him and ask him for forgiveness. And Lord, ask him to come into your life and receive his son. Because once he sees you, he should see the blood on you that's coming from his son. And also he gives you the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Spirit to dwell within. And give you the knowledge and the wisdom of discernment to know what's right and what's wrong. That's the Holy Spirit. So please, I'm asking you to go and ask God to come into your life, be able to come back in and let him be able to take over and be able to keep you in your purpose and the plan that he has for you and to give you life more abundantly. Amen. It has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you have, heard thus far please follow and subscribe if you can find me on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbean amazon music and audible spotify and stitcher iHeartRadio, player fm samsung and also other major platforms such as youtube if you know that you and truly enjoyed this one and all my other podcasts Please leave a five-star rating. This will help us to reach more people. And if you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Facebook at it is written at L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it is written at L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Thank you so much for listening to me. For the ones that have started with me today, Thank you for the ones that has been with me for a long time. This has been a blessing. This has been such a glorious time within God. But I want to make sure you understand that we are trying to go through the word of God to learn and to comprehend and also to be able to retain what we have learned and go and do and not just read, but apply to your life. That's important. 
and that we do what God says during these last and evil days because we need to make that impact and be who God wants us to be. Amen. So I'm asking you to do that. And if you have any questions or comments, reach me at Facebook. My name is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Thank you so much. Kanosamida. Annyeong.